Arizona, Arizona Sports, the local sports, local leader. sports leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset, and here we are at the midpoint of the Burns and Gambo show, it's the 4 o'clock reset, everything going on in sports, including some stuff we haven't had a chance to get into yet, so this is where we all reset everything and get into what's going on with sports. Let's start, though, with the Arizona Cardinals. That's how we start a lot of these. An update on the cards and their injury report. From notes, some notes, I should say, from practice today. In the open portion, quarterback Kyler Murray was back working. That is good news, given that yesterday sure. he was a DNP with the hamstring. Well, yeah, and then you saw the, the, you saw the hard knocks last night and hamstring injury. You wonder if that was going to be an issue. We had talked about the battle of the backups in this game by Kyler Murray back in practice. Uh, not seen at practice today, and some of these names aren't going to surprise anybody because we didn't expect them the to play. The entire offensive line. Very close. Cody Ford was not seen. Max Garcia, Rodney Hudson, DJ Humphreys. They didn't practice today. Cornerback Byron Murphy didn't practice. Safety Buda Baker, who we know is not going to play, didn't practice. This is going to have to be an off-season assessment on what the hell went wrong this year in keeping guys healthy. I mean, they're going to have to do a deep dive into what what did they do because too many guys got injured this year. When that happens, you've got to look around and try to figure out what did we do wrong? What, what did we do where so many guys were in? Change some things up. You're going to have to change some things up. No doubt. No official injury report yet. I'll jump ahead to this one because since we're talking about injury, injuries, looking over at the Rams today, yeah, no Matthew Stafford for the second straight day of Rams practice. All right. He was out there, but he was not dressed for practice. Well, I he wouldn't was just ex- there. wouldn't expect it in concussion protocol that he's going to be back in 40 Eight hours. That's not that that, that can't, the NFL can't allow that to happen. No, he still has three days to clear concussion protocol. Let's see if he's able to do that. Meanwhile, defensive coordinator Vance Joseph today, last night, part of Hard Knocks. Uh, watch the boot. Watch the boot. The bootleg by Noah Fant, mm. right? Vance Joseph spoke about the bootleg moment last night on Hard Knocks. I'm not afraid to say I'm emotional in game day. I want to win. Weekly investment is heavy. If they score one point, man, my soul just leaves my body <laughs> every time they score. So I might embarrass to say, I'm emotional on game day. So it's who I am. You're not the only one. There's a lot of people out there whose soul leaves the body after every pre-snap penalty and turnover and fumble and yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people. I know you're, he invests, but a lot of other people invest their time into the Cardinals. Revisiting something we brought up yesterday, Cliff Kingsbury okay. revealed that he and Vance Joseph sit down with Michael Bidwell. And they watch film weekly uh, to kind of break it down and talk about it. Vance Joseph said, yep, we do that. And yes, it's common in this league. It depends on who the owner is and who the GM is and who the coach is, right? I mean, I think it should be because you don't want any surprises, right? You want to all be on the same page weekly. That makes it work. So um, it's a good thing that we meet with Michael once we kind of explain, you know, uh, where it seems going. I, again, I have absolutely no issue with this. I'm surprised some people do, but I just I don't have an issue with it. Michael is the owner of the team. Michael's not sitting there calling, playing. We, we, we're not watching a hard knocks where Michael's on the phone. He's calling down. Hey, listen, we got to run some of those bootlegs because they're killing. We got to we, we need to run one right now. Michael's not doing that. Michael goes in. He wants to be informed. He wants to know what's going on. He's these are the guys he's hired. He wants to see the job they're doing. Again, I I see absolutely no issue with this. This and, that's not a meddling owner to me. As long as all that is all that's happening, I agree with you. As long as that's it. If there is 
some more of that. I think you should do more of this. I think you should do more of that. That's where you don't want owners. Uh, that's just uh, leave the football to the football guys. But if it's, if it's exactly the way you described it, and it's just, okay, Michael, we're going to sit down. This is kind of what we were thinking. This is sure. what we're doing. This is what we're trying to do. I don't have a problem with that as long as that's all that just that watch is. Just watch and film and, and they're explaining what's going on. You're going to love this. I didn't know this until I read it just about 30 seconds ago. Overthecap.com's Jason Fitzgerald ranked the top 10 worst free agent additions this offseason. In the NFL? In the NFL. Number one? J.C. Jackson of the Los Angeles Chargers. Number two? Chandler Jones of the Las Vegas Raiders. (laughs) There you go. Number eight? Chase Edmonds of the Miami Dolphins. Ooh, who's not even on the Miami Dolphins anymore? Got traded anymore. Chandler Jones, number two, and I like Jason Fitzgerald. He's a sharp football guy. Chandler Jones, the second worst free agent addition this offseason, behind only J.C. Jackson, a guy who's barely played this year for the L.A. Chargers with the injuries that he's had. My whole thing with Chandler started last year when I tweeted something out and I said I wouldn't pay this guy to come back like anything. I wouldn't pay anything to have. I wouldn't even pay him a nickel to come back. He's not worth $5 right now. Like, honestly, that was a total waste of money by the Raiders. I didn't want the Cardinals to waste their money on Chandler Jones. And then, obviously, we got into the, the feud with him, making the comment about my wife, and my, you know, and my picture with my wife and my avatar. And so we got into it quite heavily. But the whole thing stemmed from me saying, this guy, guy, he's not worth any, he's not worth bringing back. He's no good anymore. Two local games tonight. First up, the Coyotes continue their road trip, and they're taking on Gambo's four-time Stanley Cup Thank champion you. winning Thank Islanders. You. Thank you. Only because I'm required to say that, Thank apparently. You. The four-time puck, Stanley Cup champions. Puck drops for that one at 5.30. You'll hear it on the Arizona Sports app and ESPN 620. Also, ASU men's basketball taking on the Lumberjacks of Northern Arizona University tonight. The Lumberjokes. I have absolutely no idea if they're going to be good at basketball this year or not. I really they, haven't been paying listen, that much they attention. They actually made the NCAA tournament a couple times. They sure did. That also, when they played St. John's? Yeah, I do. Are. They almost beat them. Yeah, they had a chance to beat them. You yeah. can hear that one here on 98.7 and on the Arizona Sports app. And then a quick Coyotes note, the city of Tempe's meeting today to decide whether a May 2023 special election ballot will include a public vote on approving or rejecting the Coyotes' proposed arena and entertainment. It's going to go to a public vote, and that's risky. It's risky. That's a, that's a risky proposition because when the public votes on stuff, a lot of people just vote no automatically, so they're going to have to win a lot of people over to get that project through. Suns still on the road after a great win over the Timberwolves last night. They head to Orlando for a Friday matchup against the Magic. They're altering their travel plans a little because of the hurricane that's yeah, going to make land over there. You I'm know? telling you, watch this Orlando team play. They're good. They're young and they're talented. Like That'll be a fun game to watch because Orlando, I'm telling you, they're an up-and-coming team. They have a lot of talent on Jalen Suggs. Uh, it's been unbelievable. I like uh, they, they're a solid team. Their stud rookie Paolo Banchero is oh, Banchero's great. Questionable for that game tomorrow. Oh. Chris Paul is questionable for that game okay. tomorrow as well. Let me give you a Chris Paul update because this is what I heard. Chris Paul is going to be a game time decision. He has said that he feels good and that he's he, they they believe he's going to play either tomorrow or in Miami. That he's going to play in one of those games. Could be tomorrow or could be the game in Miami. But he feels good. They're going to see how he feels tomorrow. He's definitely going to play on this two-game trip. 
All right. So while we're on the topic of the NBA, LeBron James left last night's loss to the Clippers with a groin injury uh, and is now day to day as the Lakers are so off the Lakers to their all time worst ever start after oh eleven games. Two it, and nine wow. after eleven games. That's how bad it is right now. What are now. they gonna do? Like what can they do? LeBron's not tradable. Anthony Davis isn't tradable. I mean, there's nothing you could do. You're just going to have to take it on the chin. Good thing they didn't trade their draft pick. Yeah. <laughs> the Raiders to put Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro on the injured reserve. Switching now to the NFL. Bills quarterback Josh Allen doesn't practice. His playing status is uncertain for this weekend's game. That's after they got their ass kicked by the Jets. Uh, and news within the division. 49ers quarterback Jason Verrett. Season-ending Achilles injury for the 49ers cornerback. Yeah. Ooh, big blow. And then Thursday night football tonight. That's why the trade deadline should be later. I totally, it should totally I be totally later. There's no reason you. that the trade deadline should be that totally early. Totally agree with you. Four and five Atlanta taking on two and seven Carolina. This is Thursday not the night battle football. for first place no. in the South. No. It is not the battle. This is not the best game of the weekend in the NFL. And the Hot Stove League starting to get a little bit warm. Justin Verlander declining his player option. He is now a free agent. And in a conversation that we'll probably have at some point this week or next, one free agent, one website listing possible free agent destinations this offseason yeah. listed Craig Kimbrell possibly is headed to the Arizona Diamondbacks. They need it. Listen, I do not think he's got anything left. I think he's terrible. I think Kimbrell is awful. And I would not be a guy. I, I, I do not want him here. I'm going to let that be known. You don't want Craig Kimbrell. <laughs> He's no good anymore. He's a clown. He's no good. I've watched, I watched him play. He's no good. I tell you, Mike Hazen was addressing what he needs to do about the bullpen a couple days ago. I saw this from Nick Picoro over at AZ Central. And Hazen said, look, in order to make our bullpen great, we might have to take some risks. And what he meant was injured guys. Guys who are coming off of injuries or who frequently get injured. If We might have to take a chance on guys like that to rebuild yeah. our bullpen. I think Hazen is a very good GM and but that that's the one area where he has really struggled is that bullpen. No doubt about it. Thursday's injury report just came down. Buddha, Cody Ford, Max Garcia, Rodney Hudson, Byron Murphy, DJ Humphreys all did not practice today. The worst news among those probably DJ Humphreys. He was limited yesterday. Did not practice today. He's going the wrong direction. And they actually released a player. Released a player today. And they released Michael Dogby. Michael Dogby, a seventh round pick from 2019. Four he years hung with the around team. for a while. Yeah. yeah, they released him today. That is our four o'clock reset here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Now, when we come back, Cliff Kingsbury. There's still a lot to accomplish this season. The question for Coach Kingsbury: How exactly is he going to get there? That's next on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Mentioned this earlier. I'll mention it again as we welcome you into the Burns and Gambo show here from the Auction Community Studios. To no one's surprise at all, there was a story this morning on ESPN.com from Bill Barnwell. He's their uh, lead NFL writer. And the article was basically dedicated to the people who have the most to gain or lose for the rest of this season in the NFL. 
there's no doubt you click on a story like this, you expect to see Cliff Kingsbury, right? I, sure. I mean, the, I, I have to go back and look at the story to be sure he was probably the first coach that was mentioned. He was. Was he? Okay. He, he was the very first coach that was mentioned. You look at most of the gambling websites, and Cliff is now kind of the lack of a better way of putting it, the front runner to be the next coach dismissed. Yeah. Based off of the odds? So outside of Cliff, they've got the Panthers hiring Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. They had the Broncos firing Nathaniel Hackett and hiring Sean Payton, which should make Mitch very happy. Uh, they have the Texans firing Lovey Smith and hiring Demeca Ryans from the 49ers. They had the Colts hiring the Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka. And they have, I think he used to be in Philly. And then they have the Saints firing Dennis Allen and hiring Steelers linebacker coach Brian Flores. That was the moves that they had. But the very first one they mentioned was Cliff Kingsbury. Arizona Cardinals fire Cliff Kingsbury, hire Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen. Okay, and before that everybody the loses their one. mind, yeah, this is an article that was predicting the coaching carousel, right? Yes. Like, like, yeah. uh, well, I just don't want anyone early twenty twenty three coaching carousel predictions. Yeah, that it, was that's the headline. It went so. out even in twenty twenty three right no, now. See, I, but that it, would be that could be black, you know, black uh, Monday, right? Yes, that could be Black Monday. Could be that's, potentially. That's what. No, I just didn't want anyone confused because the story I was referencing wasn't. That that one, it was the it was the Barnwell story that was talking about the guys who have the most guys who have the most to gain. So I just want to make sure we're not we're, no one's reporting anything. Nothing. The, your article is one kind of predicting who's going to be on that hot seat, right? But of course, yeah, just all predictions. All of those things were predictions. Yeah, of course, Cliff is going to be on that list, and Cliff has unless he has a remarkable second half of the season that nobody sees coming. And you know, what if they go six and two? <laughs> you know, they go six and two, and then you might have a playoff team. They go five and three. Uh, to finish the season, if they go five and three, then they'll finish eight and nine, and you might be like, ah, they finished strong. At least, at least they had that this year. They had a lot of injuries, so I think five and three would be something where I, where I don't know that a lot of people will call for his job. But I think anything where six wins, five wins, four wins, anything like that, and people are going to be very upset and wonder what's going on here. And there's almost like two levels of conversation here when we're talking about this. The idea of the Cardinals making the playoffs, which you and I have spent most week saying it's just not going to happen at this point, and in large part, not only because of the record and where they are in the standings, just the lack of any real proof that they're a team capable of doing that right now. Right. So that's kind of conversation number one. Conversation number two, I think, is a far more interesting one. They can still finish strong. All right. It probably won't be good enough to make the playoffs. But if this team can finish, you know, like you said, six and two, five and three, finish the season with eight wins, it's probably not going to be good enough to get into the postseason. But is it good enough for management, ownership, under a lot of pressure right now when it comes to Cliff, to say, to buy themselves another year of Cliff? Because I'm sure what they don't want to do, and I, and I I don't know what Michael's thinking. I haven't spoken to him. I, this is just all speculation. Nobody really knows. He hasn't really talked about this. You weren't on the plane? I was not on the plane. <laughs> I wasn't on the I wasn't on the hard dog, so I wasn't in the car. You weren't on the plane. No, I wasn't in the car. I wasn't I wasn't in the trunk when they popped it when the security dogs sniffed the car before he went into the building. No, none of that stuff. We're all just guessing what's going on here. I can't imagine Michael's in a hot rush. 
to fire a coach that he just extended eight months ago, no, nine months not. ago. Of course not. But he, he, but just, but he just still doesn't have... want to do that. No, you don't want to. Listen, there's a lot, a lot of things people don't want to do, but they have to do it. But, like but, Sometimes you've got to make hard choices. I, I understand. But my point is, if you've got a six-win football team, you might not have much of a choice. If you've got it, it's crazy that two wins could make that much of a difference. But if you've got an eight-win football team yeah. that finished five and three in its last eight games, now maybe you can make a different choice, yeah, a different. You know, I, it, I know exactly it, where you're going. You know me. I'm not a big believer in that. This one game will determine whether he should be the coach or not. This one game will determine whether... I'm not a believer in that, that one game. You, we've talked about this for years and years and years. You go into a game, oh, this game will either... He'll either... This will either get him fired or save his job. Man, if you've got a guy that's been around for that many years and won games, something's wrong. But I would say that like a half of a season left is, is enough to determine what to do with him. But I don't think we get to the final one, any one game and say, oh, this is the game. There might be a point where Michael decided, look, if we wanted to go in a different direction and this was the game that kind of led me in that direction, maybe that's the case. But I don't ever believe that it comes down to the final game of the season is going to determine whether you keep them or not. But I do think that the, the eight games that are left, depending on how do they play in those eight games? Do they play better? Do they, how much of a factor was, okay, for instance, they didn't fire Tory Lovello after all the injuries the Diamondbacks had two years ago. Now they didn't reward him with this big contract extension. They gave him a, they gave him a one year deal, um, but because of all the injuries they had, they just didn't think it was fair to fire him, so they didn't fire him. They seen enough of him to believe that he's still a good enough manager, and they kept him. I think that these, you know, you've had Cliff now for four years, but the final half of this season and how they play may very well determine what direction Michael wants to go in. It might. Again, we we don't know because. Nobody's gone on the record. Michael hasn't spoken about this. We don't know how he truly feels about it. I, I just think, I suspect, again, just a guess here, that they'll be looking for any reason they possibly can find as an organization to justify keeping Cliff Kingsbury. Because the alternative is letting a coach go before his extension has really kicked in, right? I, I mean, he, well, what are you worried about if you do that? Are you worried about the humiliation of, hey, I just signed a coach, coach to a contract extension and I got to fire him right away? Yeah. That's part of it. I know. That's, that's, okay, that's yeah, part of it. That's, oh, absolutely. That's part of it. Because, the ultimate because, because it calls, let me just say, it uh-huh. calls into question your decision making process and why you chose that coach or why you chose to extend that coach. I mean, that's people that's, make mistakes. That's really the only reason why the extension matters. Well, I get that. But, but when you keep making mistakes over and over again, then it becomes more of a a conversation about you and why you can't hire the right person. Yeah, if and you've why been you're divorced not making... four times <laughs> and you keep getting remarried like that, you might have to look in a mirror and say, oh, a, you know what, maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. Like, yeah, and, and, and again, I don't know what Michael's going to do here, but that's, that's why the extension matters. That's why the humiliation of letting a coach go so soon after giving him an extension matters. I totally matters. agree with you. I'm just saying that it shouldn't. Like, you, you got to do what's right for the future. What, what is best for the future of the Arizona Cardinals? If it's keeping Cliff Kingsbury, then keep him. I got no problem with that. Then keep him. If you if you still believe in Cliff, and look, I'm keep, why are you keeping? Why is Cliff the coach? Because I believe in him. I believe that we had a lot of injuries. We couldn't get out. We, we had so many injuries. We we're devastated by him. Team never quit on Cliff. They still played hard. He ended the season like, you know, we didn't have hop for six games, and we lost Hollywood Brown once he came. Like, if, if you want to sit, that's fine. But if you get to the end of the season, like, man, when I like, I'm gonna have to fire this guy eventually. I know it because I don't think that he's the guy that could take us over the top. But then why wait? 
Just why wait? You're just you're delaying the inevitable. We always say that, right? All you're doing is delaying the inevitable. So I understand totally the humiliation of, oh my God, I just signed this guy to a contract extension and I got to fire him and eat this money. But you have to get to the end of the season and determine what is best for the Arizona Cardinals. If it's keeping them, keep them. And if it's not, then don't. I agree. I, I Again, we, and we tend to have these conversations. We're talking about the way things should be and the way things are, right? Like in a perfect world, it should be just like this. But sometimes we don't live in a perfect world. And in a perfect world, your 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 di- your decisions are dictated by but, some of that stuff, but right? But you know what is a perfect world? What is? What kind of Thanks. Wherever you are, Kellen, thank you for planting that seed in his head earlier in the show. And we've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. It works just like all of your favorite podcasts. You can subscribe on your iPhone, your Android, and you're not going to miss the show ever. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams, Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. When we come back, Mikel Bridges. I mean, that's it. That's the tease. We're going to talk about Mikael Bridges next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And with that, it's 4.30 in the afternoon. Quick moving show on this Thursday afternoon. Let's get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day from Eric Ruby. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. Rocking the Suns lid today. Good to see you representing. Always, always <laughs> representing those Suns. Big time. Big time because the Suns had a good day yesterday. They won a game pretty convincingly over the Timberwolves and the Cardinals. While their record might not be great, it was interesting and Hard Knocks had a lot of winners within it. So we had to ask the question, which Arizona sports figure won last night? And with our polls, you don't have to wait days to get your answer. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Your four options That's are. Great. We don't have 400,000 ballots left to be counted. We are real-time operation Eric's, here on Burns Eric's and Gamble. having a good day today. We're trying. having a good day. <laughs> you, you're, you're having a good day. Can I add myself to the poll or no? Uh, sure. <laughs> anyway. Who won last night? Give everybody the options. Devin Booker and Mikhail Bridges are your son's options. And your Cardinals options are DeAndre Hopkins and Buda Baker. Buda Baker! He was the star of the show last night. Booter Baker. Love him. Um, I went with Buda too. But, but man, I, I want to. I'm glad to see Mikel's winning. Let's put it that way. Because the dude deserves his props. We love Mikel. But I, Buddha won. Buddha was the star last night. I, 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 every time he was on the screen last night, I just wanted more Buddha. What do we got? Not only is Mikel winning, he's actually increased his lead. Now at 43.9%, Mikael Bridges leading. In second place, it's a close one. 27% going Buddha Baker, 25% going Devin Booker. D Hop all the way down at 4%, but Buddha and Booker, really close. Yeah, exactly. it is. All there right, you go. That's poll question, kind of a little outside the box today on this Thursday. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. One word, at Burns and Gambo is where it's at. Payne, dribble drive around town. Little show and go move. Hands to Bridges. Fade away. Eight footer good for Mikel Bridges. He's got 31 on the night. And the Suns retake a 17 point lead. 119 to 102 with 540 to go. 31 points, nine rebounds, five assists, four steals, one block, a career high 20 shot attempts in a game for Mikel Bridges. It's exactly what we wanted to see out of yeah. Mikel with no Cam Johnson, and he delivered last night. There's a song I, I, I liked about 15, 20 years ago, Show Me What I'm Looking For. Uh, you remember that? Show me what I'm looking for. I, gotta remember, I don't remember who sings it. I got it on my, my Spotify. Um... 
But that's what. Show me what were you, what were you looking for last night? What were you What were you looking for? You were looking. To, I was okay. looking for that. Who you were looking for that? Okay, well, hold on. I show me what I'm looking for. Not like 31 points. All right, that's above and beyond what I was hoping for. But I tell you what, the career high in shots. That's exactly what I was looking for last night. That number right there. 20 shots attempted last night. That is exactly what the Suns needed out of Mikael Bridges last night because someone's got to fill the void, man. Carolina Laya. Oh, Carolina Liar. I like Carolina Liar. Show me Liar. what I'm looking for. Great song. Okay. Show me what I'm looking for. What were you looking for last night? You were looking to see if Mikael Bridges was capable of stepping up to that level. And you know what he was? He was. Mikael Bridges is capable of doing so many things, but he plays within the concept of what the team needs. And so you haven't asked him to do that. But you know, with no Chris Paul and with no Cam Johnson, with no Jay Crowder, you kind of said last night, hey, listen, we need Mikael to do some things that he's never done before. Go out there and kick everybody's ass on both sides of the court. And he said, okay, I'll do that. I'll, what, do, what, do you, what do you need me to do? I'll do it. And he went out there and he played an Absolutely sensational basketball game. He was the best player on the court. Yes, he was. And I think that's the best game I've seen him play as a son. He was unstoppable. I mean, his ability, and I was charting a lot of the uh, plays last night, because you know me, I like to chart plays, and I don't know why I do that, but I end up charting plays. That's, yeah. You know why? Because you're an old school yeah. sports talk radio show That's host. what I do. I chart that's a lot of plays. You, chart. you don't just sit to watch a game. You have to chart it while right. you watch it. I yes. get it. I don't I do w- it, but I get it. And then I watch a whole lot of stuff and get a lot of information and send you guys an email Sunday with stuff that I know we're probably never going to talk about. That also happens as that well. That happens every, yes. almost every single you, week. You churn football games on Saturday and you send out the email on Sunday. And I was like, like, yeah, but you know we're not going to talk about this. You know we're not. I'm just wired that way. You know we're not. I, I'm wired that way. But Workaholic I was, is what you are, man. You need to unplug. I need to unwind. Get a it's hobby, called, man. It's called a retirement. <laughs> That's what it's coming. Well, that's not happening anytime soon, dude. <sighs> my, my last contract burns. It'll come sooner than you know it. It hasn't even started uh, yet, your last contract. <laughs> it, it hasn't even kicked in yet. I have to go sooner. Then maybe I'll, just, maybe I'll do half a contract. He was 12, cop. <laughs> 12 for 20 from the field. Two three-pointers made. 31 points, nine rebounds, five assists, four steals. Maybe it's the best game as the Sun. And he went out there in that first quarter. And I, I He scored on a reverse layup. So good at those reverse layups. He hit two free throws. He hit a driving basket. He got a pass from, I think it was campaign, cutting to the basket. Uh, he had a steal and a layup. So he did it everywhere. He had a three-pointer, yes. Did he have, yeah, he had a steal that turned into a layup. He scored on a reverse layup. He scored a cutting. He scored on the free throw line. Every which way he scored. Like, I can do anything. I can hit the three. I could cut and have somebody give me a pass. I could take the ball myself, drive and score in reverse layup. I can get fouled and go knock down two free throws. What else do you want me to do? That first quarter, when I was trying to all those places, the first thing I thought about was like, man, he just basically scored every possible way that you can. 13 points in the first quarter. He was unstoppable. Had a great half, 18 points in the half. But it was one of those games where you're like, man, he's capable of doing a lot more yep. if they need him to do it. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, and we've had many conversations over the years about DeAndre Ayton. Is it is it his teammates not getting him the ball enough, or is it DeAndre not making himself available to get the ball enough, right? And this back and forth, this push and this pull of, of is it DeAndre's fault or is it their fault? Is it his fault? Is it their fault? And that fault's the wrong word, but you know what I mean. Who's responsible for making sure DeAndre Ayton has the right number of touches and the right number of shots? Is it his teammates or is it him? In some ways, you can have the same conversation about Mikel, because as you said 
a few minutes ago. He just wants to play in the flow of the offense, and he doesn't want to, you know, if the shot's there, great. If it's not, he's going to give he's, it off to somebody he's else. Not looking to be the main scorer if you don't need him to be. He needs to look to be the main scorer a little bit more. If that's what they need him to do. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and I think right now they do. I think right now, given the state of this team with Chris, he's questionable for tomorrow's game against Orlando. I'll, you have an update on that. I'll let you get to it in a minute. With Cam Johnson not going to be back anytime in the next month or two, there is a need for somebody to score on this team. And Mikel, I believe, is more than capable of being that guy. Is he somebody who's going to average 30 points per game? No. Is he somebody who can average 18 to 21 points per game and take about 15, 16 shots tonight? Yes! He's always been that guy. He's just got to flex those muscles a little bit, but, but right? But they haven't needed him to do it. Because Chris in, when Chris was scoring, when Chris was the second primary scorer or 1-1A, one you didn't need it so much. Jay's got to always take a bunch of shots. Right. Jay was always going to take a bunch of threes. Cam's going to take shots. DA's going to... And Mikhail was like, I'll just settle in. I'll, I'll do what you need me to do defensively. I can impact the game greater defensively than I can offensively. But now... With Cam out, with no J trade, with Chris out, they need him to impact the game offensively. What he did last night is he just showed that I'm capable. If you need 30, I could get you. Now, you can't go to everybody on that team and say, if I need 30, can you get me 30? Because most guys can't do it. Yeah, There's not a lot of players in the league that you can go to and say, I need 30, go get me 30. But he could do it. Like Mikhail proved to you last night, I could go do that if you need me to do it. The update on Chris? The update I got on Chris today is he feels good. They're going to see how he feels tomorrow. They expect that he will play in one of the next two games, either tomorrow in Orlando or at the Miami. It's a two-game road trip, and he's there because they expect that he will play. I think there's a good chance that he will play tomorrow because he feels good. They're going to see how he feels tomorrow, and uh, but he could be back out there very quickly. So the, no, the news I'm getting is very good on him. Text the word DEVILS to 620. 620. It's your chance to win VIP field and tailgate passes to see ASU take on Oregon State, courtesy of Bar S. Again, text the word DEVILS to 620-620. When we come back, both of these football teams are scuffling, and yet one of them is the one that everybody's picking to win on Sunday. Why exactly is that? We'll get to the bottom of it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. One team has their quarterback in concussion protocol, didn't practice today. One of the worst offenses in the National Football League by just about every single metric known to mankind. They've just been absolutely awful so far. And yet, in a matchup between two teams whose seasons have been real disappointments, you start looking around the country to see who they think is going to win between the Rams and the Cardinals. Man, are the Rams getting a lot of love in this game. Almost unanimously, man, are the Rams yeah. getting a lot of love in this game. Yeah, I think the, the, uh, I, I think that people feel like the Rams being the former Super Bowl champs, that they have the, they have, they still have a path, right? There's still a path for them to get to the playoffs. The Rams, the NFC is not very good. They, if the Rams could just win this game, even though they have the same amount of wins as the Cardinals, there's no hope that the Cardinals can make the playoffs, but everybody thinks the Rams are going to win this game. So that's why they're still okay. There's still a chance for the Rams. They can still squeak in. I think I even saw one projection today. It kind of has the Rams squeaking in as a wild card getting in or, or being close to that. 
But they would have to, same thing as Arizona, they're going to have to go on a little bit of a tear here and win some games to get themselves in a position to overcome this re- these struggles that they've had early. It's funny, our show was done a couple of nights ago, and I got in the car, and from I, I was listening to ESPN Radio. It popped on after we were done, and they were they had Bill Barnwell on. And I, I'll tell this anecdotally because I was really surprised by what he had to say. They were asking him about Odell Beckham Jr., Hey, where do you think Odell Beckham Jr. is going to end up when it's all said and done? His answer shocked the hell out of me. It was the Rams. I'm like, not the Cowboys? Not See, why wouldn't he go to a contender? Right, why wouldn't that, he go at what, this point with the you know, half the season gone? Why wouldn't you go somewhere we have a chance to win? I thought exactly the same thing. And the way he explained it was in his opinion and in the opinion of some around the NFL, the Rams as bad as things have been might not be as far away as people think to being able to get back into this thing. To your point, some people think they get back into the playoff race. Some people think that they're a game or two away from kind of turning it around a little bit. And he was of the opinion that the Rams aren't so far away that they couldn't convince OBJ that he could help them win football games. And I was shocked by that because in my mind, they're in basically the same spot the Cardinals are. They're just as bad as the Cardinals are. You could argue they're worse than the Cardinals are because their offense is so dreadful right now. So to hear him, a national prominent NFL writer, who I kind of respect, saying, yeah, I think OBJ ends up with the Rams. Like, well, why? How? How does he not go into the Cowboys? You see C.D. Lamb today? Yeah. Became like the third member of the Cowboys organization to publicly court OBJ into going to Dallas. Jerry Jones was one. I can't remember who the other was. C.D. Lamb did it today. And yet, who was it? Was it Dak? I think it was Dak. Was it Dak yeah. who did the same thing? Well, oh. Dallas is 6-2. and two. Philadelphia's 8-0. Like, they... Dallas is probably looking at a wild card, not a division champion, unless Philadelphia loses a whole bunch of games. The thing with the Rams, though, is that the Rams right now in the playoff race, believe it or not, as crazy as this may sound, the Rams are 10th. The Cardinals are 13th. But the Rams are 10th because they don't have that sixth loss. The Rams have five losses. Same amount as the Commanders and the Falcons, and only one behind the 49ers. So that's why without that sixth, so so it's a much different situation. Look, you can put it any way you want. This is, to me, this is definitely an elimination game. You know, for any any of the fan bases that are still holding out hope, this isn't... You know, from a must-win perspective, this is an I elimination agree. I game. Agree. Yep, I if agree. If you lose this game, you put the you put the nail in the coffin. It's over. It's over. You, if you're the Cardinals, you fall to three and seven. Look, I think it's over now for them at three and six. I don't think they can make the playoffs. I really believe that. Um, and part of it's the way they're playing. The other thing is just too much ground to make up. But if you're the Rams and now you fall to three and six. You know, now you're 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 in the same boat that the Cardinals are in right now. I don't know how you could think that you're going to that you'd, you'd lose a home game. Right. I don't know how you think you're going to make the playoffs. So this is an eliminate at the very least. It's an elimination game. But if the Rams win, they're at four and five. That's what the Commanders are now. That's what the Falcons are right now. That's the Forty ers are four and four. So you have to think that if they win this game, they still you know have an outside chance to get in if they can get on a roll. You, you I think you're absolutely right that it's still elimination game. I guess. I'm still, and I think this is just because they're the Rams, because it's Stafford and it's McVeigh, and because they're the defending Super Bowl champs. I think they're given a lot more leeway and a lot more wiggle room than other teams would be in their similar circle. If the Chicago Bears were three and five and had an offense as bad as the Rams, okay, maybe that's a bad example because they do. But if, if another team, a generic team, had the same record as the Rams and an offense as bad as the Rams, I don't think anybody would be talking about that team as a playoff team. 
or as a potential playoff, but because they're the Rams and because they won the Super Bowl and because it's McVay and because it's Stafford, I just think they get a little extra benefit of the doubt when it comes to people who look at their roster and say what they're capable of doing. And I think that's kind of the player. But you're right. The loser of this game is unequivocally, indisputably, without question, done out of it and certainly look at the possibility of having well if it's the Cardinals you start talking about having a top five draft pick yes now. yeah and then you go there and then you start thinking I know this is forever and a day from now but then you start thinking about how the Cardinals I mean the one thing you can say about them if they have a high draft pick they don't need a quarterback because they're not going to go get one they just paid one all that money and that at least puts them in a position to, if they want, use that draft pick to get more draft picks if they feel like that's what they can do with it right there. I think that that's the thing that we'll really focus on a lot going forward is that if the Cardinals lose this game, then, you know, because there are still probably a percentage of people that are hanging on and believing, oh, there's, you know, there's a, there's a chance. Now, I don't know if we've mentioned this yet, right? But the Athletic, the entire staff of the Athletic picked the Rams to win this yeah, game. I, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I didn't say it didn't specifically, but yeah. yes. Yeah, they the all entire picked staff picked them. But you, you're talking about, and, and just looking at the standings, you lose this game and get to a seventh loss, you're probably talking about a top five pick in this draft. At that point, you're talking about having you know, a fifth or sixth pick in this draft. And then you start to get into, okay, like I was starting to think, we've talked about this, me and you, off the record so many different times. You know, who, who needs a quarterback? Well, Houston might have the number one pick. You know, they're projected right now to take Bryce Young, the quarterback out of Alabama, the Lions, and the Panthers. Panthers. The Panthers need a quarterback. The Lions need a quarterback. These are teams like you may end up, if you're the Cardinals, having your top choice of a position player. Now, that's a big deal. You know, a lot of times, oh, they're getting a third linebacker. They're getting a fourth defensive lineman. They're getting the fifth best offensive lineman. You know, when you're picking 18th, 19th, 20th, 21st, you know, a lot of times you're not getting the top player in a position. With the, with the way the draft is going right now, and if things continue to go south for the Cardinals, and Houston takes a quarterback, and Carolina takes a quarterback, and Detroit takes a quarterback, you might have your choice of the best edge rusher. You might have your choice or the best offensive lineman or the best cornerback. Like, you're going to take three positions that are really of need for you. Yeah. And you are going to be able to get the best player at that position in at least one or two of those. Or, as we talked about earlier in the show, and yeah, that could happen. Something else could happen, too. Somewhere in between the two. You know, the, the, the idea of a top five pick or the idea of rallying to make the playoffs, there's a middle ground in there. And that's that the Cardinals play substantially better in the second half of the season. Not well enough to make a playoff spot, but substantially better to build hope for the future that maybe things are going to get better. Now, I don't know how how badly the fan base would want that to happen, you know, when we start thinking about the draft and draft positioning and things like that, but we even... You know my philosophy. I know, I know yours. I know yours. And I, you know what? You're not wrong. I, 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 I do I just, it out of love. I've just said many times, I can't root for that. I can't sit down on my couch and want my team to lose. I did that with the Suns for years. Oh, please. But, but you know what? Even then, it's not like I was sitting on my couch cheering for the other team. When the Suns were tanking for ping pong balls, it's not like I was sitting on my couch for two and a half hours rooting for the Cleveland Cavaliers, rooting for the Los Angeles Lakers. What I would do is when the game was over and the Suns lost, I would acknowledge it was productive. You were at peace with it. Yep. All right. They lost. Yeah. You know what? 
You, I, you weren't mad. I'm you not, weren't angry. It pro- uh, it was one of those. It probably needed to happen. I mean, you were just like you were just you were salivating at the chance to get Marquise Chris on this roster. <laughs> Alex Len, Josh Jackson. How did you know? How did you know? I mean, just the ability to have one of those. Play- <laughs> but you don't sit there and root for it while you're watching it. I, I don't know how anybody could. To call yourself a fan I, of a team. Boy, I think I then, remember you wanting them to lose badly in the Aiton Doncic draft year. But, like, I think I totally remember you wanting them to lose. I do. I don't ever remember sitting on my couch cheering for the opposition. What, but I, again, being satisfied with losses when they're done yeah. because I know they're productive. Oh yeah, I'll give you that. Listen, we might be that way with the girl. So so you, you could root for them to to be mediocre, but then you might not get the best offensive lineman or the best defensive right. edge rusher. I I might I might I'd rather lose and get the best edge rusher in the entire draft and not the second or third best edge rusher. When we come back, when they needed them the most, they stepped up. The Phoenix Suns got more than enough help last night without Cam Johnson. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show.